Chapter 2 The Mission of the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung Konrad Adenauer was one of the most remarkable and venerable leaders of the 20th century. As recently as 2003, he was voted the most popular German leader ever in a television poll. He was born in Cologne in 1876 and lived in the Rhineland through the two world wars of the 20th century. As a devout Catholic, he was opposed to communism and to Nazism, having come to the realization by early 1933 that discussions and any attempts at compromise with the Nazis were futile. On the 4th of April 1933, he was dismissed as mayor of Cologne, a position he had held since 1917. With his bank accounts frozen and his home seized by the Nazis, Adenauer found himself without money, a home and a job. He was briefly imprisoned after the Night of the Long Knives in 1934. Benedictine monks gave him shelter until he succeeded in obtaining a pension. He lived in seclusion for some years until he was again arrested after the failed attempt on Hitler's life in 1944 but, in the absence of any evidence against him, was released in November 1944. After the end of World War II, Adenauer was instrumental in the foundation of the Christian Democratic Union. His aim was to unite Catholic and Protestants into a political movement that could ensure that the dark days of Nazi rule in Germany would not be repeated. His anti-communism extended to socialism too, and Prussianism was also frowned upon by him despite, or perhaps because of, the inclusion of his home turf, the Rhineland, in Prussia. The 1949 or Basic Law of West Germany is, even after the 1990 reunification of Germany, still the basis of the form of enlightened constitutionalism which has been in place at his urging since 1949 in the parts of Germany that were under the control of the Western Allies at the end of World War II. He was the first post-World War II Chancellor of West Germany. The political thinking of Adenauer was informed by sound democratic values and a strong vision of market-based liberal democracy. He presided over the West German economic miracle in which the destruction of World War II was overcome. Today, Germany has one of the leading economies of the European Union and the world. Adenauer always preferred sound patriotism to hateful nationalism. The latter is a specter that still haunts the world and is in recent years in the ascendancy in some countries again. His experience of two world wars, and in particular of the Allied botching of the terms of the Treaty of Versailles at the end of World War I, which turned out to be a recipe for World War II, had Adenauer well placed to work against the evils of nationalism. These evils are best described in the words put in the mouth of Madam Secretary by three retired United States Secretaries of State, who made guest appearances in the television series Madam Secretary.
What is an even greater threat than nuclear weapons? That which makes the use of them possible. Hate. Specifically, the blind hatred one group or nation can have for another. That is why I am convinced that nationalism is the existential threat of our time. I want to be clear. Nationalism is not the same as patriotism. It is a perversion of patriotism. Nationalism, the belief system held by those who attacked us, promotes the idea that inclusion and diversity represent weakness, that the only way to succeed is to give blind allegiance to the supremacy of one race over all others. Nothing could be less American. Patriotism, on the other hand, is about building each other up and embracing our diversity as the source of our nation's strength. We the people means all the people. America's heroes did not die for race or religion. They died for the ideals enshrined in our Constitution. Look where isolationism has gotten us in the past. Two world wars, 70 million dead. Never again can we go back to those dark times when fear and hatred, like a contagion, infected the world. That, as much as ending the threat of nuclear war, is what today is about. It is why we must never lose sight of our common humanity, our common values, and our common decency. Today, we call on all Americans and people everywhere to reject the scourge of nationalism. Governments can't legislate tolerance or eradicate hate. That is why it is up to each one of us to find the beauty in our differences instead of the fear. Listen instead of reacting. Reach out instead of recoiling. It is up to us, all of us. Conrad Ardnar would have nodded in agreement. The lasting value of his type of Enlightenment thinking is also reflected in the words of Henry Kissinger, a former U.S. Secretary of State and National Security Advisor, but also a foot soldier in the U.S. Army during the Battle of the Bulge in 1944 at the end of World War II. He was published in the Wall Street Journal on the 5th of April 2020, responding to the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic sweeping the world. Kissinger wrote, Safeguard the principles of the liberal world order. The founding legend of modern government is a walled city protected by powerful rulers, sometimes despotic, other times benevolent, yet always strong enough to protect the people from an external enemy. Enlightenment thinkers reframed this concept, arguing that the purpose of the legitimate state is to provide for the fundamental needs of the people, security, order, economic well-being, and justice. Individuals cannot secure these things on their own. The pandemic has prompted an anachronism, a revival of the walled city 
in an age when prosperity depends on global trade and movement of people. The world's democracies need to defend and sustain their Enlightenment values. A global retreat from balancing power with legitimacy will cause the social contract to disintegrate both domestically and internationally. Yet, this millennial issue of legitimacy and power cannot be settled simultaneously with the effort to overcome the COVID-19 plague. Restraint is necessary on all sides, in both domestic politics and international diplomacy. Priorities must be established. We went on from the Battle of the Bulge into a world of growing prosperity and enhanced human dignity. Now we live in an epochal period. The historic challenge for leaders is to manage the crisis while building the future. Failure could set the world on fire. Once again, Conrad Adenauer would have agreed. The Conrad Adenauer Stiftung is a German foundation established in 1955, which runs projects in over 120 countries worldwide. Named after the first post-World War II Chancellor of West Germany, the foundation has a regional project operated from its Nairobi office called the Rule of Law Program for Sub-Saharan Africa. Funded by the generosity of the German taxpayer, According to a formula that takes cognizance of the popularity of the Christian Democrats in modern-day reunited Germany, the goals of the program are the promotion of rule-of-law structures and central institutional elements of the rule of law, separation of powers, particularly a strong and independent judiciary, human rights, democracy and good governance. In recent years, the program has concentrated also on the scourge of corruption in Africa as it impacts upon governance and the lives of people living there. People who share the aspirations of all of humankind for peace that is secure, progress that is sustainable, and prosperity that is equitably shared. The four conferences discussed in this book are but a part of the anti-corruption work of CAS in Africa. While the struggle for freedom from the yoke of colonialism in Africa has been won, all too often it has morphed into the struggle for power of rapacious elites led by big men who may or may not pay lip service to the values of the rule of law, but who lead for the purpose of entrenching their power and enriching themselves, their families, and their cronies in politics and business. This phenomenon is a curse of our times worldwide. Too few leaders enter politics to be of service to the people they lead. Too frequently, when need meets greed in Africa, a corrupt outcome ensues. The poor of Africa are the victims of this toxic mix, in which billions of dollars measured in hard currency are diverted from addressing their needs. The diversion is into illicit activities that plunder public funds and the mineral and natural wealth of the continent in a perverse feeding frenzy. This approach to leadership is wryly explained by the well-worn phrase, it's our time to eat. It does not have to be so. Africa has the potential to be the continent of the 21st century. Its sparse population, one in seven in the world, its unused arable land, its mineral wealth and water reserves, 
Even its solar energy-friendly deserts have vast as yet untapped potential. The young population of Africa may find itself well-placed to deal with the devastation wrought by the pandemic of COVID-19. The rule of law program for sub-Saharan Africa of CAS is designed to inculcate a desire for good governance in the people of Africa. Good governance is one of the UN Sustainable Development Goals, namely that good strong institution of governance be nurtured and improved. That is UN Sustainable Development Goal number 16. The four conferences that are the subject matter of this book are part of the efforts of CAS to promote the rule of law, as is the book itself.